Welcome to The Story Forest, an original story podcast for curious and adventurous children. In this episode, Theo is excited to show Molly the monsters in the wood, but everything seems strangely quiet. Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. Story music by Neil Richardson of Splashpoint Jazz. Theo and the Monster Lurgy It was Saturday, and Theo woke up feeling happy and excited. He had promised to take Molly into the forest and to show her the monsters, and the thought of sharing everything that he had learned and each monster that he had met with his friend was just brilliant. He knew it was all going to be so much more fun than doing everything on his own. Then in the afternoon they were going to the Heston's luxury treehouse for a cinema party with everyone from their class. As their reward for the forest challenge, it was definitely going to be a good day. Soon after breakfast the doorbell rang and Molly was there. Theo shouted goodbye to his parents and then the two of them went down to the bottom of the garden, through the fence and into the forest. It was peaceful, sunny and leafy, and as they walked, Theo told Molly all about when he had met Mr Sebastian, who had told him just a few things about being a monster hunter before leaving to go on holiday. They came to the hollow tree, and Theo put on the top hat and took the stick, shoving the remote control into his pocket. Molly laughed at him gently, and they carried on. Everything was quiet in the forest. Theo wondered if all the monsters were having a lie-in, but still he would usually have seen at least some of the night monsters by now. He frowned and started walking a little bit faster. Where was everybody? A few minutes later, Molly stopped. Theo, I thought we were going to see the monsters. I didn't imagine all of this, did I? Theo stopped too, looking a little shamefaced. You didn't, I promise. Normally when I come into the woods, there are monsters everywhere. There must be something going on. He frowned, then whistled the long, low whistle that always made Matilda appear. For longer than usual, nothing happened. And then Matilda did appear, but she was flying very strangely, dropping out of the sky, then floating up and almost bumping into trees. She was a deeper purple than usual. Theo frowned again. Theo, Matilda said, landing floppily on his hat. Theo carefully lifted her down and held her in his hands. She gave him a strange smile. Your trunk has come off. You need to eat six butterflies and a melon. And then her whole body shuddered. She leapt into the sky and a blob of pink slime came out of her nose and started floating upwards. She drifted down and Theo caught her again. But before he did, she was emitting little snores. He stared at her. Molly stepped closer and looked over the monster from top to toe. She's not normally like that, is she? Theo shook his head. Then, Theo, I think this monster is sick. Of course, that made sense. Matilda was always so sensible. He had never seen her be this weird. Molly and Theo decided to go and find Matilda's home, put her in bed and leave her to recover. 
Matilda had shown Theo where she lived a couple of weeks ago, and so they started walking in that direction. As they did, Theo listened and looked harder around the forest. Not much was happening, but it seemed that all the monsters were strange and subdued. He caught glimpses of nagglers sprawled on branches, of other monsters still and pale. They got to the little cave that Matilda had built in the middle of some dense bushes. Theo laid her gently on a moss bed, thinking that she probably usually slept hanging on a branch, but that she might be too weak. The little purple monster shivered. Wordlessly, Matilda took off the hoodie she had tied around her waist and tucked it around Matilda. When they were out of earshot, Theo voiced his thoughts. I think we need to go and check on some of the other monsters. Something strange is definitely going on. Molly nodded and Theo headed for the den of the Nintics, which was close by. When they arrived, the lizard-like creatures were all sprawled in a heap and there was a smell of scorching. So hot, one of them was saying. Their eyes looked dull. Theo frowned. They were definitely ill as well. They need water, Molly said firmly. They're too hot, right? Theo nodded and had an idea. A few minutes later, he and Molly returned after visiting his house for supplies and they blasted the Nintics with water from Theo's big water pistols. The Nintics jumped in surprise but were soon looking a bit better and started trying to retaliate by throwing leaves towards the children. Molly and Theo ran off laughing and Theo made a course for the next monster nest that he knew. It was the Honlobers, the giant purple jellyfish creatures. They lived in a shelter built carefully between a set of four trees where they hid all the books that had ever been left in the forest and read and discussed them endlessly. Last time he had visited, Theo had been amazed to learn that they had been talking about a baby book for seven hours. This time, things were very different. The Honlobers, usually upright and formal despite their jelly-like forms, were sprawled on the floor, making it look like a giant jelly. There was a sort of moaning emitting from them. Their usually translucent skin had gone cloudy. Theo and Molly exchanged anxious glances. Molly held up her water pistol and Theo shrugged. They both aimed into the jelly and squirted. The moan coming from them got higher pitched, but gradually the jelly monsters began to slurp apart and to stand up again. Finally, one of them, looking much better, came to talk to Theo. Thank you, Monster Hunter, he said in his deep and serious voice. We have not had Monster Lurgy like that for a long time. It seems that everyone has it, Theo said, and the Honloba frowned, which for him meant waving a tentacle around energetically. Interesting, it doesn't usually spread so far. Hmm, he looked into the distance. Hugo brought us some strawberries yesterday. That is the only thing that I can think of that was out of the normal. Strawberries? Theo repeated thoughtfully. Thanks, Honloba. I'll go and find him. I hope you all feel properly better soon. The Honloba gave a wobbly sort of bow and Theo led Molly away towards where he thought Hugo might be, explaining what the Honloba had said. 
they came soon to a stream with large stones across it, where Hugo often liked to bounce across them back and forth, often falling into the water. But today he was stretched out on one of the stones, his large nose emitting puffs of grey smoke. Theo had never seen him still for more than two seconds before. He stepped out across the stepping stones and took Hugo carefully in his arms, then went back to Molly. He laid Hugo on the grass. Molly looked at him too. Any ideas? Theo said. And Molly shrugged, then opened her rucksack, which they'd shoved a few things in when they had gone back to Theo's house. She found a clove of garlic and carefully broke it, then wafted it under Hugo's nose. He woke up with a start and a jump, then landed down next to them. He gave Theo a strange smile. I feel strange, monster hunter. I feel like maybe today I don't want to bounce. Hugo sat down. Something else Theo had never seen before. I'm sorry, Hugo, Theo said gently. I think it won't take you too long to get better. Would you like a drink? Hugo simply opened his mouth and, after a moment, Molly shot some water from the water pistol, which she'd just filled up from the stream, into his mouth. Theo looked at her in surprise and she grinned and shrugged. He laughed a little, then turned back to Hugo. The Honlovers say you took them some strawberries yesterday. Where did they come from? Oh, yes, Hugo grinned. I took them everywhere, to everyone. Strawberries for everyone. Theo frowned. Hugo, I wonder if the strawberries are what made everyone ill. Where did they come from? Hugo flushed, a red colour chasing across his fur. Oh no, he spoke in a hush, and his already large eyes were wide. Oh no. Where did they come from, Hugo? Theo spoke gently. Maybe we can sort this out. Hugo frowned. The brindleballs showed me. There's a hedge that's full of strawberries, so full, so many plants. We picked them before the humans could get them, and I bounced them around the forest. Could you show us where? Theo started to ask, but just then Hugo rolled backwards and fell fast asleep with very musical snores. Filling Molly in on everything the monster had said, Theo hid his bouncy friend in the bushes. I suppose we'd better go and see the Brindleballs next then, Molly said. Theo agreed, and they set off into the forest again, munching on some chocolate chip cookies that Molly had brought. They came to the glade where the Brindleballs, hedgehog-like monsters who could roll up trees and shoot spikes, lived. The air was alive. It was filled with fluff, flying in all directions. Theo waved his hands in it and waded into the middle of the clearing. Brindleballs, he said. There was a sound along the floor. Theo crouched and saw Brindleballs rolling towards him from every direction. He gritted his teeth but then they stopped around him and unfurled. They didn't look well. We're sorry about the fluff, one of them said, and they looked embarrassed. We're not feeling very well. No one is feeling very well, Theo spoke gently, and I think it may be because of the strawberries that you found yesterday. Please, could you take me to them? There was a general murmuring and muttering, and then three brindleballs rolled forward. We'll take you, they said, and rolled out of the clearing. Theo motioned to Molly to follow, and they stepped through the fluff until they were in the woods again, running to keep up with the speedy brindleballs. 
At last they came to a long bush and a ground covered in strawberry plants and covered in strawberries. There were large, ripe strawberries everywhere and Theo, mouth-watering, could see why the monsters had wanted to eat them. Strawberries don't usually grow this well and it's too early, Molly was frowning. We grow them in our garden. I wonder what's going on. She started poking around in the plants and Theo joined in, grateful that she was there as he would have had no idea what to do. Underneath the strawberry plants was a green, sloppy mud spread everywhere. When they got close, it stank terribly. I think we've found the answer, Molly spoke grimly. It's obviously very good for strawberries and very bad for monsters. I wonder how it got there. I wonder what we're going to do about it, Theo said, scratching his head. They looked around. There's not that much of it, Molly said, poking a stick into the mud. It didn't go down very deeply. If you had a couple of wheelbarrows, you could get rid of it. It would take ages, though. You'd have to dig up the plants, too. I bet there's some monsters that could help, Theo grinned. And I know who would know who they are. Come on. He started to run through the forest and Molly followed. Neither of them noticed that along the very way that they ran, there was a trail of greenish, sloppy mud. Theo arrived at his destination, Tricklemore's Bath. But it looked very different. The ground all around them was green and was bubbling with a rancid smell. Theo turned up his nose but walked towards where the monster usually lay. The place was empty. Were you looking for me? Tricklemore's voice came from behind Theo and he turned around. Tricklemore looked like he did the first time they met. When he wasn't in the bath, his skin dried and looked like dried tree bark. I got out in time, the monster intoned sadly. But I do not know when I might get in again. Oh dear, Theo said and asked Molly to squirt the monster with her water gun. He looked moderately better. Theo explained about the mud and about the strawberry beds. He looked very thoughtful. Do you know any monsters that are good at digging? He asked. Maybe they could dig it up and then move it to the heap at the edge of the forest. Good idea, Tricklemore said slowly. I believe you'll need two types of monsters for that. The Brotons are strong and will be able to move the mud. But for digging, you need the Verbindons. You'll find them by the big stump in the clearing where you made your speech. Knock on the stump five times. Theo thanked Tricklemore and promised to send some monsters to clear up his mud bath too. Molly offered to go and get a couple of wheelbarrows and Theo went to the clearing. It was silent. He went over to the stump and knocked it. One, two, three, four times, five. Suddenly the earth around him began to churn. He climbed quickly up onto the stump as three enormous monsters appeared, moving the ground as though it were water, with large powerful limbs that looked almost like fins. They stood before him. They had old-looking heads, thickened skin, strange tufts of fur here and there. Theo would have described them as giant earth turtles without shells. Uh, hello, 
he said, waving his stick briefly. I'm the monster hunter and I need your help. We do not usually breach the surface, one of them spoke. His voice was quiet and deep and slow. But we have sensed something in the earth, something that should not be there. Some of our number have become ill. Theo quickly explained what had been going on, and they agreed to help with the digging. They called three more of their kind, and Theo took five of them to the strawberry patch and sent the other over to Tricklemore. They started digging, and soon Molly appeared with the two wheelbarrows. She had one, and a much-revived Matilda was pushing the other. Matilda, Theo said happily as she arrived. She landed on his shoulder, and he ruffled her fur. She purred. Would you be up to going to see the Brotons? We need them to move this earth. Matilda agreed and Theo sighed with relief. It looked like everything was going to be okay. He caught a movement out of the corner of his eye. Molly looked at her watch and then she paled. Theo, she spoke urgently. It's almost time for the treehouse party and this is the way that everyone will come to get there. We have to do something. Theo wilted. After coming up with so many solutions today, this just seemed like one thing too many. What could they do? Just then, Hugo came bouncing into the clearing. He was clearly feeling better than he had been before, but his bouncing was haphazard. He was carrying something large, which he eventually dropped in front of Theo. Humans are coming! Wazoo! Hugo's voice was perhaps stranger than ever before. Brought road sign. Might help! Theo looked properly now. Hugo had indeed brought a road sign, a men at work sign. It was perfect. They put that on the path and everyone would have to go the other way. I'll stand there too and explain, Molly said with a grin. Your life is so adventurous, Theo. He gave her a weak smile. She went off with the sign and suddenly overcome, Theo picked up Hugo and hugged him tight. Hugo made a little oomph noise but otherwise seemed to like it. The Brotons arrived moments later, with Matilda riding on one of their backs. The Burbindons were making short work of the digging, and the Brotons soon got to work. I can make sure everything happens here, Theo, Matilda said. You go on to your party. Go on, now. Theo nodded gratefully, made all the monsters promise to wash in a stream when they'd finished, and went to find Molly. She smiled. Everyone else has gone. I was just about to leave you myself. Let's go. They walked through the woods. It was a relief to talk about the treehouse and the party and all their friends, rather than the horrible monster Lurgy. The treehouse, when they arrived, was amazing. It stood high up in a tree, and you had to reach it by climbing a series of ladders. Inside there were chairs carved into wood, with cushions on top, a projected huge screen, and bowls of popcorn everywhere. Theo grinned. This was awesome! Theo and Molly found Sam and Evie and sat down, stuffing chocolate into their mouths. Just then, Mr and Mrs Heston appeared. They congratulated everyone on completing their forest challenges earlier in the week and announced the film, Monsters, Inc. Theo and Molly caught each other's eyes and couldn't stop laughing. The film was great and everyone laughed and Theo felt more at home with his new friends than ever before. When the film was done... Theo climbed down the ladder and started to walk away into the forest. But Molly called his name. 
The Heston's garden backed onto the forest. Molly was standing at the edge of it, looking at something. Theo joined her. In the garden was a large patch of mud. Parts of it were tinted green. The same green as the mud that had given all the monsters the lurgy. Next to it were three big bottles, full of different coloured liquids. Do you think we should tell them, Molly said, that the mud makes you ill? Theo shook his head slowly. He was starting to get a strange feeling about the Hestons. The end. Thanks for listening to The Story Forest. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you're the first to hear our brand new stories every Thursday. Thank you.